So is this old tech that surged during the pandemic a new tech, new media hit idea? Well, we'll talk about that. Nielsen's PPM technology serves as a disappointment for at least one station that we know of. And have you ever wondered why you don't hear hit songs on podcasts? Well, we'll talk about that too. Good morning for Tuesday, August 24th, along with my co-host, Keith Samuels. Keith, good morning. This is Media Insultant. Hey, Keith. I got this strange bug this weekend, and I went out and did something I haven't done in years. I I went out and bought one of those old-fashioned over-the-air TV antennas, and I hooked it up to uh, a television I had here in my office, and now I can get a total of, believe this or not, 58 digital signals over the air. I mean, I can get, yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Wow. I get everything from, you know, the standard networks, ABC, NBC, Fox, etc., and all of the dot twos and dot threes, all of these substandard subnets like uh-huh. Comet, or one I'm sure is your favorite, jewelry shopping. <laughs> and, you know, you can get all of these channels now over the air. Now, I doubt I'll watch any of them, but it was interesting to do kind of a little retro tech and see what, it, what it's like because there's, there's, you know, so many people are cutting cords, and this really becomes an alternative for them. And so it's it's kind of interesting. When was the last time you watched an over-the-air television channel? Not on cable, but over the air. Uh, 1958. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting utilization for people who uh, cut the cord. You know, maybe it's not a, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> hey, this one, you and I are probably going to disagree on this. One of the lessons that came out of the pandemic is we'd go to restaurants and the menus would be on QR codes. So we'd take a picture with our phone and mm-hmm. we'd get the menu. And consumers got so much more comfortable during the pandemic with these QR codes. They've been around for 20 years, but nobody used them much because people didn't know how to use them. That was hard to work with and all of those sort of things. But I think this is a good idea because with a QR code on a TV story or a QR code on on a media site, I mean, even a radio station with a story or with a client, you can immediately get an instant connection on your cell phone. And if you're watching on your computer and you want to click it on your phone, you can do that. And that's a lot easier from that standpoint. So you can go to deeper stories, client links, special offers. I mean, all kinds of things I think you could do. So I think it's a really good idea. You apparently don't. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's 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 helpful. I, I guess what we've also migrated from is that you used to have an you used to have to have an app that that looked that you had to tap on the app and then you put your phone up over the QR code and then you and then it you got it just right and then you know it all opened up and it was so amazing. And what we've learned in this uh, in COVID land, where nobody wanted to touch a menu, uh, was that you had, here's your QR code on your table, and all you had to do was put your camera, because people were really used to tapping on the camera icon, and you don't have to have an app because that's already loaded, and you took a picture of the QR code, and then you opened up your web browser, and there was the menu. Voila. Right. Right. Yeah. I did it yesterday at a food truck in our neighborhood. A neighbor had a party, and they had their menu on a on a on a QR code from the food truck. You know, crazy, and it worked great. But 
what ends up happening is is it's 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 cumbersome. Just give me the menu, you know, <laughs> please. Can I just have the menu and, and then and and then and then they track you. So now you're in the web. You're in the web. You're on the web now, and now you're trackable. So opening up these QR codes is opening up a whole new way, a new avenue of, uh, of, of tracking. So, you know, some people are kind of going, you know, that was cute for a while, COVID, cute, you know, all that kind of stuff. But wow, you know, what are people yeah, but learning the new Apple, about I, But the new Apple iOS is going to prevent a lot of that tracking. I mean, not, not so much with uh, Android, but with Apple, I think you'll see a lot less of that tracking yeah, but, between but, apps. Yeah, but to your question, is like if I'm sitting there, if I'm if I'm driving in my car and Q Q U U is feeding my radio station onto my uh, you know my dash you know my computer screen in my car, am I going to get my phone out and, and take a picture of the QR code that pops up in that system, or am I going to grab the phone oh, that I'm already on while I'm watching TV uh, and, <laughs> and go, driving? Oh, yeah, oh and driving. Oh yeah. Oh shoot. Let me get that Q. Let me let me put this up to the to the TV thing and get the QR code. I could see your uses, but I just don't see it. I think it's a little bit more cumbersome and a little more awkward in terms of its execution. Well, and to consumer standpoint, and, and yeah, and, and to your point, it, it adds a new layer of production work for anybody doing any on-air delivery. So, and it's something else to go wrong and have a bad connection. So, but, but my question is, do I get this automatically with next gen TV? See, there's the other thing. I think this is much more effective than next-gen TV, you know. Uh, okay. that, you know and we pick on next-gen TV all the time. But I think this is much more effective and much easier to use. You don't have to buy a new television. You don't have to buy a new antenna. You don't have to hook it up to your Internet. You just click on it. So, you know, that's, that's our okay. thinking. All right. Our well, uh, radio station we have followed for some time because it had such a ginormous bump in ratings here a couple of months ago is uh, rapidly losing their cumin share in the uh, Nielsen ratings. So they've gone from, what, second or third down to 13th place, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about KEXP in Seattle. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. and it's, and it's uh, you know, it was Paul Allen's uh, pet, pet, favorite radio station back when he was alive. And, you know, he, he, uh, uh, helped uh, underwrite the station to the tune of like $5 million gift. And so, you know, it, this is one of these non-commercial music radio stations that's hipper than hip. Eclectic. It's more eclectic than eclectic ever dreamed of being eclectic. And it has a, uh, it has definitely has a small loyal following. And it peaked out back earlier this year with like a 5'7". Uh, share of the of the sure, market, sure. Yeah. yeah. You know they were they were uh, uh, number two in the market. You know it was incredible. So all the trade magazines went gushy. Over they all had an immediate crush on the cutest new girl in school, which was KEXP Seattle. But I kept looking at it and going, "There's no way this this is real. This is real. Well, it's real in a statistical and 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 projection standpoint of ratings." But their cumulative audience, the number of different people listening to that station was so small that a few people were listening an extraordinarily amount of time to KEXP and driving up their average share, sure. their average quarter hour audience versus the numbers. And we've watched them through that. So they went from a 5.7 to a 4.7 to a 3.2. And now they're, they've nudged back up to a 3.4 average share. But the number of different people listening to that station has got dropped almost to a new low at 124,000 people. Okay, now put that into perspective 
Warm, which is the most listened to station in Seattle, apparently, has over 600,000 listeners a week. Okay, so it's almost six times bigger than KEXP. But because those few people listening to KEXP, those eclectic music lovers who love music from around the world, listen forever, they listen all the time, (laughs) it gets picked up as a big giant radio station when it really, really isn't. Yeah, I think uh, my takeaway is uh, this is one of Nielsen's stumbles in their methodology where they get a couple of people who are, you know, fanatical about a radio station and the numbers go out of sight until that panel comes off of the the ratings. And the other thing is, let's face it, as a business, we are way too focused on monthly ratings. You know, we just, you know, it just is nuts every month. Oh, we're up a point. We're up a half a point. We're up two tenths. It's just, it's nuts. We're number one. (laughs) Again. Well, you know, we have got a great little podcast. We've had a lot of fun with this over the last year or so. But people ask me from time to time, well, why don't you ever play any hit music? You know, if you're talking about a radio station, why don't you play, you know, a song that that radio station's playing, something along that line? Well, we can't because the music... We're cheap. We're cheap. We're cheap. <laughs> well, we could license the music, but it is prohibitively expensive. Radio stations are licensed to play music, but podcasts are not. And it's mm. a totally different contract. So they've been trying to negotiate something with the labels and with the recording artists so that they can actually play some music on podcasts. And that's absolutely going nowhere. And, you know, one reason I think is the labels don't see enough money in podcasting to have it make any difference. Keith, what any other reasons you see that would make a lot of sense for why they are stalling and licensing music to podcasts? Well, I think one of the reasons is, is there's two million of us doing podcasts. So it's, 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 a, it's like you talk about herding cats. How do, you, how, do you, how do you track down the media insultant guys and make sure we get $20 every six months from those you, you know, yahoos? So, you know, it's, uh, I think that the, the logistics of it, it's one thing to go to radio groups, a dozen radio groups, and do a big deal, and then track them down from there. So I think one reason is that logistically it's nearly freaking impossible to track all of us down. N- number two is, is they're thinking like, well, if we can get, you know, all these licensing fees from the streaming companies like Pandora, like iHeart, like Spotify, what about those 2 million people out there doing podcasts? What the hell about them? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that we're too spread out. There's, we don't have enough audience. And by the way, the reason Spotify loses money every quarter, the reason Pandora's never made a profit in their history, and, and is because they have to pay such massive licensing fees for the right. music that, you know, and, and, the, and the labels and the music licensing companies are just gorging on the rights that those streamers are paying. And they don't want to kill the golden goose, but they'd love to come after us. There's just too many of us, and we're just too small. Well, I think the other thing that is another factor in this is the artists are really concerned about uh, the music being used inappropriately. They, you know, uh, The weekend does not want to be a music bed for the Mark Levine rant. So right. I think that's a big factor. Uh, Inside Radio had a great story that kind of explains how much they're trying to stall licensing 
any podcast at all. They they had a music publisher who was close to an agreement, and he relented at the last minute because he insisted that all the payments had to be made from the podcaster by a check mailed to their office. You know, well, nobody's going to do that. Real last century. A good stall tactic. Got to hand it to him for that, but a little bit transparent, if you ask me. So, <laughs> you know, it's it'll be a while before we are playing the hits here on Media Insultant. And so, do we need to, do we need to find some some? Isn't there like a, a date cutoff where before a certain date the songs don't get royalties anymore? Well, I think if there's if there's no copyright on it, and most of the hit stuff gets gets recopyrighted for a period of time. I'm not sure the exact uh, deal on that, but most of them get get redone. So it looks. Hey, like, I think we're going to preview our uh, one of our upcoming shows. I think so. It looks like Lucy has has joined us, and we're just about out of time for this show. But uh, we will. Lucy Rice is is going to be joining us for a a media insultant coming up where we're talking about media recruitment. Hope you'll uh, join us for that. Keith, let's uh, sign off, and I'll see you. Uh, next week at the same time for another episode of Media Insultant.